The following show is for mature audiences only. Listener discretion is advised. And if you don't like it, please go fuck yourself. One, two, three, four! Do you feel your sex life is quite lame? Scared that your desires might be strange? Come and join the kinky world of play. Hello and welcome to the Perverted Podcast, the show where we explore the adventures of the kinky lifestyle, sex, and perversion for nobody. Recording live from the Threshold Love Lab in North Hollywood, California, in front of absolutely nobody. Nobody! I'm Kathy. I am Count Boogie. Mew. <laughs> Yay! 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 There's just literally three of us in here. There are so many things, Mew, that I want to ask you. First off... How are you doing? Mew, mew, mew. That's so good. That's very nice. That is so good. She's a good speaker. She is a great speaker. I knew she would be great. She's just a natural. <laughs> She's just a natural. Did you just throw her in that chair because there's nobody I here? Did. She's like, I've never sat in this chair. And she's like, I can't say anything. I go, well, of course you can. You can say? Mew. See? Perfect. Mew can say mew. <laughs> and so uh, and she is our guest host. Unger couldn't be here. Uh, wait. Unger, Unger, Unger. Mew. You're just getting a kick out if of it. If you have job. never listened to Perverted Podcast, you will be sure to never listen again. But if you have listened to Perverted Podcast, you know that sometimes schedules are weird. There is there was a another uh video shoot at Threshold today, so I told everyone, hey, you know, don't come early because we don't have access to Threshold because they're doing the shoot, even though they kind of wrapped early today. We probably could have. Um, so a lot of people are like, okay, well, I'll just come next week. And even Unger's like, I have to work. So literally, uh, it's just the three of us. But that is okay because it is pajama erotica. Yes, it is. And it was. Uh, Kathy, first off, Mew, how you doing? Mew. Good. That's good. good. <laughs> I just love my little girl. It's very cute. It's just, I swear, she, she's like, I'm not, no, and no one's going to want me to do this. And I go, oh, you're yeah. wrong. You are wrong. Perverted podcast listeners have been waiting for you. And uh, I didn't even know this was going to be a special Mew night. I got her special Mew. This anyway. is our pajama erotica party. And the only one, of course, wearing my, my old shirt. Actual pajamas. Is uh, Mew. Mew, you look very lovely. Mew. Thank you. That's good. So, Kathy, what'd you do this weekend? I hung out with Creative Explorer and had a very weird weekend. Did you get some weird dick? It wasn't weird. It was good dick. Okay, good dick is good. It was a really mean dick again. Angry dick. <laughs> mean dick. Yeah. It had a... You just, ar- 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 just, ar- just unzip the pants and say, Exactly, yes. I don't know why it gets like mean. Because he says, I said, why did you spank me so hard? And he's like... I th- I do it primarily for you. <laughs> you're all. I'm like, you do not. You're such a liar. You're all. By the way, in case you're looking for an update, well, that's about you, Dick Sucker. <laughs> it was good. That was nice. It yeah. was very cathartic. I had a tough weekend. I'm not gonna lie. Yeah. Yeah. So it, it was just a lot of stuff, and 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 the end of another long week, and going to Creative Explorers and just vegging out. Yeah, at Creative Explorers house. It's okay to spend all fucking weekend doing nothing but watching videos and playing uh, games and watching movies. That's it. That's what you, and then <laughs> so, taking so naps. So Plenty of naps. <laughs> Mew, what do you think of that? 
Mew. <laughs> See, because that's what we do. Well, it's great. Seven days a week. <laughs> How many hours did you play video games today? Mew. Okay, good. That was a, that's that, a lot. Yeah, it was a lot of it. Yeah. I mean, but uh, wait, but on some days, you how long do you play? Mew, mew. Yeah, wow. a lot. Yeah. That's a lot. Well, she has studied very hard and she deserves She has. Sex. And so, but, you know, there's a point where I no, thought there it isn't. would end. <laughs> there's that no she point. would be like, I'm really bored of this. <laughs> you know, no. and she's like, no. <laughs> so, uh, but no, we were doing all the stuff with med school and secondaries. And it's just, uh, you know, she's just working so hard on all that stuff. I just make chocolate milk and kind of rubber butt every now and again. She says, you're doing good, huh? Mew. That's right. Doing really good. Well, we had a very interesting weekend, Kathy. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> look, Mew is smiling. Uh, I don't really know how to explain this in a way. I'm in with Mew for over, you know, we're coming up on four years. You know, in October, it'll be four years. So a few months. And uh, you know, and Bunny been with you know coming up on two years at the you know, end of the end of this year, and uh, and so every now and again, I just like to mix it up a little. I just like to throw what do you mean every now and I just again. Like to, I mean, we do a lot of different uh-huh. things, but we're usually kind of all in. You know, we're all intertwined in that kind of thing. And every now and again, I just kind of throw it out there. And Kathy. Okay, I'm just going to tell you what happened. And this is, you know, the name of this segment is The Things We Do for Anal. I see the so, Enema stuff over there. So, uh, well, no, that's for the uh, film crew. Um, oh, the that's why all the, the toys are out. I have all those toys out because they're renting my toys for their little things. It's, it's, uh, you know, making a little sad money making there. Making a little scratch. Not a, not a lot. <laughs> not a lot, but, uh, but some. So, um, so it's a tease. You know, tease was Saturday. You know, Sandra, who's been on the show, Trannies in Trouble dot com, who is amazing, has donated lights. She's just a, an amazing person. She really is really dedicated to that party and making a place for trans and cross dressers to come. And you have a lot of people that have never dressed up, and so it's that safe space where they can really do that. And so, uh, you know, other people can come play. Regular people, regular, I mean, non trans or regular people. Uh-huh. <laughs> Stuck your foot in it there. <laughs> was that good? The regular people. <laughs> was that good? Was that good? <laughs> so, you know, uh-huh. regular people um, can come, but, you know, you have to be supportive. So I call um, I call Bunny, and because Bunny was coming over Saturday, and I said, hey, Bunny, you know, because, you know, Bunny is very into her kind of gender-bending you know, uh, play where she wants, she just bought a bunch of boy clothes and, you know, and, and then she takes Mew and then they play and, uh, and that's really exciting for them. And I want to be supportive of that. Of course you do. So, um, so I said, Hey, you know, this is tease, which is that party is geared for this. Um, why don't you, you know, dress up in your boy clothes and, uh, and come and play with Mew. And she was really excited, like, yeah, really? You mean really? And she, yeah. So she comes over and she's got a little bow tie and, you know, suspenders on and, you know, and uh, and she looked real cute. You know, of course, her hair was still downed and whatever. And so they were going to go play and then I was going to kind of guide, which we did. You know, we, we did it. We had a great scene and, and you got super spacey. Did you enjoy your scene? Mew. Okay, good. So, um, so, but before that, you know, they're kind of tentative because they know I'm like so uber het, you know, like a Mr. Uber het guy. And and obviously everyone in perverted podcast knows 
you know how uber het i am uh-huh. uh and and so literally i'm like you know because the anal thing with bunny is like a no you know she's just there's some fears and you know so i've been through this before with a number of partners where they had a bad experience or they have their you know their thoughts and feelings about it that are maybe very negative or you know there's some social programming religious whatever and i know that you need to just kind of find that place that all of a sudden it's a positive experience and, and it's like exposure therapy or whatever you call it. So, so I know that, and I've been telling her, Hey, you know, let's, let's push this a little bit. And so we've been using some butt plugs and stuff like that. And she's like, okay, that's good. And, and whatever. And so there she is, you know, dressed up in her boy clothes. And I said, I'm going to take this to the next level. I'm just going to see what happens. If I grab her hair and start basically gay humiliating her, treating her as a boy, and raping her mouth as a boy. I don't even know what to say. Let me tell you something, Kathy. And I may have said some very derogatory things about her. So I basically played the creeper and said, I'm going to teach you how to be a man. And like just... Like, just basically, I'm going to fuck you in the ass and just, you know, teach you, turn you from a boy to a man. And Mew is on the bed. (laughs) And I fucking start raping Bunny's mouth and saying this stuff. And she's just, like, shaking because she doesn't even know. And I look at Mew's face and I look at her, give her that, like, huh? And she's like, what the fuck is happening? (laughs) What the fuck? Is that what you were thinking? (laughs) Yeah. Express your muse a little bit. You know, you can you let them know. You can let them know what you're thinking. <laughs> Mew. <laughs> so then I stop and I'm like, okay, we're gonna go inside and later I'm gonna fuck you in the ass, boy. And uh, and all of a sudden, Bunny became very interested in being fucked in the ass for the first time in the entire time that we did. And so Bunny goes into the you know somewhere you know and. And Mew pulls me aside, and she's like, I have known you four years, <laughs> and I never in my life expected to hear that. And I'm like, they're just words. You know, I know she's a girl, and I like the reaction, and just the vi- the reaction that she she's like, oh, my God, I'm so turned on. I'm so turned on. If you want to fuck me in the ass, you can fuck me in the ass. It's fuck- I mean, literally just Boy, night bunnies. and day, like just wow. literally. and. So we did the scene, and I just, you know, threw out the play, and, and uh, we came back in, and, uh, and it ha- I mean, it wasn't visceral or whatever, but I did that same kind of, you know, uh, you know gay rapey talk to her, mm-hmm. and literally, uh, not only did she have anal, but she came, and it was like this whole thing, she had no idea, she's like, I can't, and they're just looking at me the whole time, and I'm like, you know, I'm in reactionist, so I don't right. I don't care if people think I'm gay or not. You know, I know well, you kind of do, but I, I well, I mean, but these are your girls, and these you are my guys girls. are role playing, and we're role. I mean, it's the same thing when we do dark age play. I'm not a child molester, exactly. but of course I do dark age play. But I know I'm with an adult woman. But there were some feelings. There were some like, hmm, this is very. You're really going going pretty. You do a lot for your your much, girls there. You're pretty much going for it to get the A. <laughs> <laughs> to plant my ween in the A. I'm plant the ween. Plant the ween in the A. And 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 I 
And I and we explained, you know, we talked about it afterwards, and she's like, I was, I, she was just like, bah, 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 bah. like that was, she had never expected that, and it really excited her and really turned her on. And I said, we can, that's not a one time thing. She's like, really? And I'm like, <laughs> <laughs> do it again, Daddy. <laughs> do it again. So, so I'm like, uh, you know, I, you know, I get that because I am not into pain, right? And I'm a very independent person, but for some reason. Uh, you throw in the element that turns me on, which is that verbal, extreme verbal domination mm-hmm. and um, consensual, non-consensual. And I take so much pain and I love it. But any other time. Yeah. And for Bunny, it seems to be the humiliation. and the, Yeah, that's that's her jam. Yeah, you in, you introduce that one element and it changes everything. It's It's a whole different ball game sure yeah so i get plus that. i also think it was the acknowledging because and i said and it was like a really sweet moment when we were all like there and i said you know what i you know i'm not gonna let you do things to me there are certain things that i'm like i am not into that i'm not attracted to that and i don't want to be a part of that but i do want to support your ability to express yourself and she wants to explore her boy side and I don't want to get in the way of that. And so just because I may not do some of those things, this is a way that I can kind of be supportive and maybe play with her a little bit in that. And as long as, you know, like yeah. I, I, you know, I didn't I didn't walk into, you know, the next night there was a, you know, a big gay event. I didn't walk in and be like, well, you know, I guess I should start sucking dick now. <laughs> you know, <laughs> just didn't happen that way. I'm sure if I what? wanted to, they would have let me and I'm sure my girls would have wanted to watch. Uh, is is that true? No. I would have wanted to watch. You want to watch me suck a dick? Yes. Just get in there and go. Oh, God, yes. Well, you know what? Gargle a little. Just, just. You know, it's just not sexy to do this role play with you, Kathy. What that life is a funky, kooky, naughty, kinky place with no shortage of cockshot avatars and chicks with cum all over their face. Yeah. And they got groups and events and shit like that if you're interested. Mew. <laughs> Thank you, Mew. <laughs> He's all, I didn't know what to say. That was weird. Ah, we might get some emails now. Right, so you're just going to... Ignore the line no, no. altogether. Uh, the what? Okay. Yeah, I am. Okay, so we're um, doing perverted mailbox. Now. Yeah, I mean no. perverted. Yes, we're doing perverted mailbox. That life's I played the Fet Life perverted. jingle. We skipped the haiku attack, and now we're going to do a perverted mailbox. Let's just fucking throw it out there. I I don't know why I'm surprised. I shouldn't be. I should be used to it, and yet I'm not. Okay. Okay. Yeah. Give us a. All right. So uh, we ch- I chose a topic uh, that I've never we've never really talked about before. I don't think. I think this is a first. I think we've talked about well okay uh, no. let's give it a try this is by rope tiger daddy and it's called is it necessary to disclose mental trauma in negotiation not from this perspective not okay but yeah. we have discussed okay yeah. he says early in our relationship angel told me a story about past abuse and she sent me pictures of her bruised and battered ribs and back from a scene where her consent was blatantly violated and she was physically abused Knowing this was important the first times we were together and building trust, I could have very easily replicated on accident the conditions or triggers from that trauma and broken any trust or future we could have had, simply because I didn't know how to avoid that pitfall. Disclosing past mental trauma, in my opinion, should be handled in the same way you'd tell a rope top about a joint injury. This isn't just applicable to a certain side of the slash. 
You might not think it matters, but you are unable to foresee every path the scene may go. Nothing should happen without consent or negotiation. But sometimes a word or something the other person thinks is benign may be all it takes. I like this. Yeah. I mean, I, I really, I think we've covered all of the angles on this at different times and maybe not just made here is our... But the ethics of disclosing it is what I think the, the, his post was about. Is it your responsibility to do that? Should you tell the other person that you've had mental trauma? Depending on the type of play you're going to do, absolutely. Yeah. If you have involved in, like, because not everyone wants to go into all their gory details um, with a brand new play partner, whatever. But I think it should be um, in line with the types of play you're going to do. If you're going to do humiliation play, yeah, you better talk about your past traumas and things like that and things that are going to trigger you. If you're going to do anything that might go in that area or you can even, I'm kind of skipping over myself, or you can even just say, hey, I have some triggers. I don't want to go into the details, but here's what I need or here's the plan of action. I don't think anyone should go into a play scene without a willingness to... um, to share those things because you're just putting yourself in danger and you're putting the the other person in a position to be completely caught off guard and not be able to handle the situation or make a plan for it. I wouldn't play with someone that uh, that wasn't willing to disclose if we were going to do a type of play that might be dancing around that issue. Right. I mean, I think he gives an example. I forgot exactly what it was, but he says something like, I I don't feel the need to disclose my gallbladder surgery if we're just going to be doing a flogging scene or something. So, yeah, of course, if it's going to be surrounding the area that you're going to play in, uh, absolutely. If you... uh, And and here's the thing. Not everybody uh, sees things from their past in, in the terms of the word trigger. Sure. So sometimes you don't even realize. Yes. I've heard story upon story of people who are in the middle of a scene and suddenly it goes, it slips sideways and the bottom freaks the fuck out and things actually turn out okay. But in, in discussion afterwards, they come to realize that this triggered something they didn't even know was there from their childhood. Sure. You know, so not everybody knows even to disclose it because they may not consider it mental trauma. Well, this is where I, th- I mean... This is where responsibility goes on both sides. So if we're going to talk about this utopia where all the bottoms and tops are doing everything that they can possibly do. Where's that book? To, to make that. It doesn't exist anywhere. Uh-huh. But I'm just saying we talk about things. And, and once again, what, understand. Was that your back? <laughs> that was my back. Yes. That was my spine and my <laughs> spleen together having sex. So I think in, in, a, in a perfect world. Even if, because I've done this, because sometimes as a top, you have new people, and like you said, they don't know what their triggers are, they don't know what their limits are. You, as a as a more responsible top, will kind of feed, kind of like you throw out the carrot, you know, to where you're like, hey, do you have any things that I should know about? Um, I'll do a little investigating. Is you know, are there any triggers? And it's like, and if it comes down to like, what's a trigger? You're playing with someone very new, and then I'm gonna know, okay. You know, I'm not going to go down these roads or these roads or these roads with this person because this is very, very new. So uh, I think the tops, because sometimes tops use it as a dickish way to get out of taking responsibility for a scene going bad. 
ultimately, if you are playing with somebody in a kinky way, no matter what happens, no matter what happens, I'm going to say this, no matter what happens, everyone in the situation has at least some level of responsibility Mm -hmm. to that scene Mm -hmm. because you are both taking a risk. You are engaging in an activity that, that everyone knows you don't always know what's going to go wrong. So the more you plan for that, the more you kind of have those little conversations without even getting into that many details, the better chances you're going to have of heading those things off. Yeah, I th- and I think that um, I like this conversation. I hope that anybody who's listening this and who is new really listens because and pays attention because we're so used to it. I mean... I'm so safety crazy that when I started exploring kink and started reading about it and then started thinking, well, I might start playing with some people. Uh, I just sat there cataloging anything that could be a trigger and I disclosed everything that I could think of to whoever was going to be playing, no matter what we were going to be doing. Uh, but I remember our, our, our dear friend Fauna telling sure. me about a, a humiliation scene she did with a new person she was new to humiliation, and so was this guy, and it went horribly, horribly right. wrong I for her. Remember something about that. Yeah, and uh, she learned a great lesson that day. In this case, neither the top nor the bottom knew enough to uh, negotiate rather extensively when you're about to do humiliation. Um, and so, I really do want anybody who's listening to understand that it can. It doesn't have to. But it can possibly, and maybe even probably, scar the rest of your kink journey sure. if you're not being careful, particularly with things that are very deep. They have very deep scars for you. Yeah, absolutely. A lot of people will have one bad experience and they're done. Yeah. They will never give it a second chance because they think this is how it's going to be and then they don't do it. And If you're the top, you do not want to be responsible Yeah, I don't want to be that. responsible. I, th- I feel... For the most part, that I have not, because uh, I got to think back. You know, I played with you know probably hundreds of people uh, in the last ten years. A lot of people, um, and I don't want to be responsible for anything bad. I have been because, like I said, no matter what happens in that scene, I have a responsibility. There have been scenes where people have. Uh, been uncomfortable even though we talked about what we were going to do and then they like stopped mid-scene and they go i i'm not really comfortable with this after all and of course we stopped but but still could i have prepared better could i have said you can always you can always do more you can always talk more you can always but then there comes a point to where are you just killing the entire vibe. I'd rather kill the entire vibe. That's that's how crazy safety I am. I I go to the extreme. Yeah, I'm not that. I'm not yeah. that crazy. I have people yeah. in, and you're playing with them, and I'm like, is it okay if I put my fingers in there? And they say yes, and I put them in. You know, and that's the negotiation. You know, and that's consent. <laughs> oh, you know, brother. You know, I don't. I don't. Sometimes, if I say, I don't know. This is a great conversation because any. I have to look at at how I how I act on my own. And so there's always more I could do. Is that, do you like go back and, and study what you did and think what more could I have done? I, mean, I do. I do. When people, I, I, anyone that knows me or that has played with me 
long enough knows that I'm basically interested in your experience. You know, when I'm playing with somebody, I'm basically trying. I mean, Jesus Christ, I I fucking do gay talk <laughs> with my girlfriend, you know, so she can get a you know have a have a good have a good thrill and experience. So I think generally. I do try that, and, and of course, I'm a people pleaser, which I thought I wasn't, but I really am. Uh, and and so I do think about things, you know, like especially with the whole Me Too campaign and all the sexual harassment stuff and, and things that are going out. I'm trying to literally, I try to take some time and go back and say which one of those were me, you know. And so when you're talking about negotiating with someone, I think I think it is really good to just continuously reflect on how can I better communicate or how can I better look for signs or is it, you know, because most of the time I'm a pretty good judge because like when someone's really confident and they're like, I want to do this, you know, I'll ask a few brief questions and then fucking off we go. You sounded confident. But then when someone's a little more tentative, you know, then I pick up that body language and I will ask more questions. Have you ever done this before? What have you done before? That's probably good for somebody who plays the amount that you play. That's actually a really good thing that you go back and you evaluate what you've done and give yourself some pointers. There's definitely yeah. times where I'm like, I, I could have. I have one. Ooh. I have one. Do tell. That, well, it was, I did a college panel and it was the only person I ever played with. And the billions of college panels I did, they came to the, like a year later, they came to the club. And then, you know, we did some play, but I went really sexual. Like, I barely spanked her and did some things. And then, you know, and it turned kind of sexual, which, you know, I asked her about. Is it okay if I touch here and here? And she was fine. And uh, and I remember after the scene was done, she points at my toy bag and she goes, we didn't even play with any of the toys. Uh-huh. And I was like, I don't know why. This is like three years ago. Three, four, maybe even five years ago. Do you think you took advantage of her? Is there a part of you that? No, I mean it was in the club, and I, you know, I said, "Is it okay if I touch here? Is it okay?" And she's like, "Yeah, yeah, yeah." And I kind of was just in a really horny mood, and I didn't take into consideration. This is a new person. She wants to experience the toys and the things and the and the things. She doesn't just want to fuck because you can go anywhere and fuck. Yeah, she was really pretty. You can go anywhere and do that. And I, it's bugged me for fucking well, years because that was the only time we played. We used to phone. We, you know, we talked on the phone for a couple months after that, and would phone. I'd phone sex her and whatever. But then she disappeared, right. and I was like, "Oh God!" You know, it. you are the maker of experiences. That's who you are. And to I can I I don't think that you did anything wrong. Just hearing you, but knowing you, I would imagine that you would think. I, it was the only time we played, and I didn't give her the. Kink I didn't give her. The, I didn't give yeah. her the kink experience. So yeah. uh, she has responsibility in that too. And if she wanted well, of more, she, she would does. Come I'm back. just saying, but you reflect on shit, and I totally and you, get it. And you want to yeah. look at it, and I. It's just one. Every time I think about it, it just bugs me. Right. I totally just, get that. You can't <laughs> let it go. I just can't let yes. it go. I mean, she was like, I, she's like, I came. It was you know, it was fun. We, yeah. Like I said, we flirted for a couple months and talked on the phone. But then she didn't come back, so mm. I could make up for the play and give her the whole thing. So if you're hearing this right now. If you're hearing this, <laughs> you know who you are. She's come not, back. She's not here. She's come back so I can redeem <laughs> and give you all the Love Lab magic. Because uh, now I got Mew and Bunny, and Bunny is magic with the strap on, and Mew <laughs> is mouth magical and double-ended dildo. Ma- what, what do you do? A little louder? That's right. What now go. That? 
That's good, Mew. Uh, Mew, uh. Are you, have you been in the chat room this whole time? No. No. Mew is just sitting there playing her video game while we're. So doing the chat the show. doesn't even know what's going on. No. Mew? Chat doesn't even. Bad Mew. <laughs> Get on your phone and tell them at least that Unger's not here. I'm sure they figured it out. Okay. No, they're I'm probably sh- still sitting they're there. They're just going, sitting there going, Where's Where's I don't think they're that intellectually challenged, Kathy. I think. <laughs> I think they, they need I, their leader. I think that, well, I'm not saying they don't miss Unger. The Unger is figured, their leader. But I'm pretty much sure that they're like, Unger's not here today. He might, but usually he goes into the Discord and he'll say, um, you know, hey, yeah. I'm not going to be in tonight. So he's probably checking in with the chat room. Oh, that's good. Now, so Mia, Mia what are you doing? She's spreading her labia for you. No, that's for you. I can't see. <laughs> you can't see. I'm looking at her labia. Are you looking at it? Look, did she just stick and she's her? opening Look, her labia she's even just totally, further so I can see. She's yeah. actually, she's. She's flashing me. She's showing, telling you. She's actually opening it up a little, more than a little. Look, she's, she's giving me the full <laughs> mirror. Look at that smile on her face. She's such a dirty little pig. <laughs> Aren't you? Hi, cool on talk. Pajama erotica. It is pajama erotica. Very loose pajama erotica. It is. We should just let go. Fifth of that Monday. Title. No, it's, it's a good title. <laughs> just means we're gonna do some weird shit. Oy. Our first haiku attack is on enemas. It is. Why'd you pick enemas? Buggy. I don't know. You go. What are we gonna pick? And I'm like, I don't know. Yeah, no enemas, enemas and DMs or something. You want to go first? Sure. Give us your five now, then, for those of you at home that aren't hip to haikus. It's a short poem, five syllables, the next line, seven syllables, the next line, five syllables. Kathy? Enemas. Take us away. Get the fuck away. You can put that rubber hose in some other ass. (laughs) Haiku attack! Cleanse thine tube of poop. Prepare well, and the wind smiles. Then, fuck her crap cap. Haiku attack! So gross. I just made up a new word. That's a crap cap. Have you done made up a new word? Done made up a new word. <laughs> That's a. Uh, yeah. I love Man. this show. We got all these new PP zombies and all these new apocalypse masters. By the way, and I don't, zits. we and some zits. I don't say it enough because you know we always have new listeners, and sometimes we forget to mention. If you listen to fifty episodes of perverted podcast, if you are that desperate in your life as we are uh, uh, to listen to fifty, let's just be honest, okay? Um, you know, we're either going with you on your drive or you have no life true. like us. That's right. Fifty or more, you become an official PP zombie. If you listen to all the shows, you become a perverted podcast zombie apocalypse master. If you've listened to all 165 shows. Right. And if you've listened to them twice, you become you are, a PP Zam Echo. That's right. And then what's the other one? Um I don't know. Does it? You didn't mention the. Oh zit. yeah! If you're if you've only listened to twenty or less, then you're a zombie in training, otherwise known as. There a was a zit. reverse uh, zam. A reverse zam. I don't yeah. know. People it's somebody have. who they listen to them backwards. They go from where they we like are literally backwards. just turn the tape around. No, they and listen start to like someone with like oral dyslexia or something. Does that exist? Zombie. Mew. 
You, you got to answer. Thank you. She's giving me hand signs. <laughs> well, They're, she's used to the hand they want, signs. They want to hear you. They want to hear you. They, that's it. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> that's it's it. adorable. I don't even know what we're doing. I don't know either. You. Now you're Mew. ruining it. Hi. I'm <laughs> Mew, Mew, Mew. Mew, I Mew, Mew, Mew. Do that Mew, with Mew. Mew, Mew. <laughs> Mew, Mew. Can, Mew. You, can you do the Kathy Tranatang impersonation? Mew. Mew, Mew, Mew. <laughs> it's very cute that she tries. Mew. <laughs> See, this is when nobody's here. You guys just crack yourselves <laughs> we up. We do. Such children. I love her so much. <laughs> mew, mew, mew. Mew. <laughs> it's just a look on your face when you see us. I like her. Hey, man, if you saw, you know, us goofing off like that, you'd, you'd want to throw up, too. Okay, let's get into some, it's a weird show. It is a weird show. It's weird when there's no audience because then we just goof off and it's like we forget that we're actually recording. We don't, yeah, we don't do a serious I'm show. I'm like, why am let's, I talking into a mic? Let's do this. All right. Perverted. So this is... It's going to be important. This person asked to remain anonymous, which we always respect. And so he wrote to us and he said, you guys make me laugh. I love all the information you provide, even though I am not in the lifestyle. It fascinates me. Oh. <gasps> I enjoy your show immensely. The joy you have for your lifestyle shines through and you can't help but want to be able to come to Threshold. Please know that you have at least one non-kink follower and if you mention this email, I won't know about it for a while as I am trying to listen as often as possible to catch up. (laughs) Your podcast is now my go-to instead of music when I am in the car, doing housework, (laughs) or anything that I can listen with my earbuds in. Please continue on entertaining us all. I have been through the leaving a fee and now of abyss. I can't wait to listen and see what else transpires. See the fuck leaves. In the third year. I'm staying, buddy. Signed a devoted non-kink follower. Well, that's a fucking first. A non-kink listener. It is not a first, but it's our first. Yes, it is. Yes, yes, (laughs) ma'am. It's it's the first. (laughs) Damn right. But it is kind of cool. I mean, that is... uh, I saw that, and I was like, that's really cool because... That, of course, is what we hope for, is that, A, that we're informative enough that people who aren't into kink, um, who maybe are curious or they have a family member into kink or, or whatever, that hopefully it is a good show to listen to. And hopefully that our stupidity and goofiness is entertaining enough to uh But this is true because at some point in your life, you're going to run across a kinky person. Maybe they're just run across in front of you literally. Maybe Maybe you just run them over with your car. (laughs) Hey, Hey. I just hit a kinky person. I I just hit a kinky person. (laughs) Or you find out suddenly that it's your daughter or family member, somebody that you know and love. You're going to have context. And hopefully, even through all of our goofing off and, you know, being silly and doing leaf blower versus vagina, you will have learned enough to understand that this is not anything bad yeah so it's like a college panel it'd be kind of cool to hear from other listeners that they are non-kinky because this to me sounds like a very odd thing somebody's listening no, to I, us. i'm pretty sure that i mean i would definitely say we have a lot of people that are maybe kinky friendly that haven't done kink that listen hmm. to our show like they don't have a community they haven't found a partner yet to explore it with 
but maybe they're kink curious. I think we probably I've I've heard we have a oh, lot of kink cool. curious people. Well, he did mention that he heard, he found us through uh, a royal pair, which is king and princess. Right, okay. So that's they're mostly talking about Polly, and they have some kink in their Polly, but it's mostly Polly. So yeah, it's kind of cool. Very good. Well, welcome, welcome. Now we're look, welcome. look at Kathy. She looks all distinguished now. She's all. Uh, wait, wait, we wait. We have now crossed demographics. No. I am distinguished. We have now crossed demographics. Mew, look, you look very official now. Please say something. Mew. Thank that's very, <laughs> very dignified. It is. Very, very dignified. Hi, <laughs> cool on talk. That was a dignified Mew. Our next topic for Haiku Attack <laughs> is dungeon monitors. Wait, you and I are sitting in the in the main room. We're talking on the couch, and we're looking over at Unger as he's training. A new DM. We probably should have gone somewhere else, <laughs> but the but air we conditioner just- <laughs> was on, and it was a couch, and we're old and fat. We are. We're just lying there, we're going, just like, we blah, suck. Blah, blah. We kind of. What should we do down. our next haiku attack on? And we look over at Ungram all DMs. You're like, yeah, that's yes, good that's enough. Good. Okay, <laughs> so dungeon monitors. Kathy, you go first. Okay. Actually, Mew, can you please do yours? Mew, 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 Mew. Mew. <laughs> Haiku on talk. It's very good. It That's very adorable. Good. I love it. Very good. But, right. what, what happened to the music? I don't know. <laughs> Why did you turn it up? Mew, you broke it. Ah, poor Mew. You go breaking Haiku attack. Oh, don't, don't look. <laughs> she just did the thing. She does the. Oh, like, don't hurt me. Like all the <laughs> listeners now know. It's not fun. Go ahead. You do yours. Oh, me. Okay. As bastions they stand with lights and sugar at hand, guardians of the land. It's all bastions. Fuck bastion. It's all fancy. Haiku on talk. Was that with sugar in hand referring to Unger always having lollipops in his pocket? Yes. Good. I caught the <laughs> reference. It's good. I don't I don't really have that deep of a I could. <laughs> Just read it. Flashlight, red marker. Respect the safe word and rules, or get the fuck out. Oh, Haiku on talk. Only that's anybody who comes to Threshold would know what that red marker is. That's, <laughs> that's when they sign that you sign into the rooms with the black uh, dry erase, and then the DM does it in another color, so you can't just sign in for yourself like a fucking douche. Ah, that's Haiku why I'm cool on talk. Why you keep I'm trying to shut it off. <laughs> 165 shows. You're like hitting random uh, buttons. I'm like, ah! Boogie is fucking mental. Boogie is fucking mental. Gonna put him in the shrink tank. I was not looking forward to this. I wondered. I, I brought it up. I was more okay with talking about you know my whatever gay role play with my uh, with my girlfriend really? than uh, than I was about today. Because very today, interesting. Well, Tell us more, Boogie. How did that make you feel? It, it, thank you, thank you, Doctor Spock. Um, <laughs> uh, no, so this is my uh, my therapist is preggers and she's about to pop. And there's so many times, which is funny. So I'm in therapy and we're going through the thing. I'm like, blah, 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 fucking earth and humans and blah, 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 fucking babies. I fucking hate kids. And then I'll always point right to her tummy and I'll go, not you. Don't take it personally. And I'll keep rambling. She just laughs every time. 
because I don't like kids and uh, and I hate humans, so new humans bug me. So, but you know, she's really cool and she wants to have the kid. I'm not against kids. I'm not against parents having kids if they want them. As somebody who felt unwanted my whole childhood, I didn't. You know, I I, I really have a thing because I was abused and 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 I went through a lot of hell because I was blatantly not wanted. Um, so that's why I don't want parents to have kids. Uh-huh. Is that a public service announcement? That has nothing I, to do I with what I was going to talk about. I don't about. like kids really but, either. Uh, Except but I, I was having dinner with Creative Explorer the other night, and there's this baby, in a, this mother and a baby in a booth next to us. Mm-hmm. And I'm looking at it, and I said, I told them, you know, I actually love babies when they're very, Ew. very Ew. tiny, straight out of the womb, like they can't even hold their head up, and they're not even <laughs> they're crying just properly. They're just, <laughs> and so they're not making, and they're at that stage, they are nothing but the most adorable tiny humans that fascinate me with their tiny little feet. And really, it only takes maybe six weeks before For them, they I'm just turn fed into a up. shitty human. Yes. Once the poop starts to stink, oh, you know. Then before it's, that, they're like they're just adorable. You're, but you're then just, I just want to throw them in a dumpster. <laughs> <laughs> Look at me, it's funny. <laughs> Her jaw just ah, dropped. <laughs> yeah. Oh my God! In 165 shows, finally, <laughs> Kathy says the inappropriate thing. <laughs> wow! It only took this that long. It's awesome. So no, um, I don't like kids, but she's she's she wants the kid, and, and I'm really happy for her, and I hope it's healthy and and uh, you know 22 fingers and toes or whatever the fuck kids have. So, but uh, before we left, I talk because I talk about that I'm talking about what we talk about on the show. Did you and talk about that? What we talk about that we're talking on the show? Yes. Okay. I did. I did mention that to her. <laughs> so before we we went, I said I really want to talk about my issues with self righteousness, and. And she, you know, we start to really dig into that. And it's to the point to where it's kind of critical. Like every human has a certain level of self-righteousness because that's how we buoy ourselves through situations um, that, you know, we don't know what we're doing, but we know what we're doing's right. That this is right. I'm doing the right thing. Like you've taken your stance and this is yeah, what you're going to so fight the, I, for? I believe or? in something. Okay. I, I have a purpose and that purpose is this thing and this is the best way to be a human and this is the best way to live in a society. And that's what and you call is, self-righteous. And that, Well, it, it is self-righteous because it's your point of view because there's somebody on the other side of the world that has a completely different point of view of what how the world should run and they think that's righteous we're not talking about right and wrong we're no, talking no. about individual- that is actually my very question is an element of self-righteous from your perspective uh is it the fact that the person being self-righteous not only thinks they should be that way but they think the whole world should be that way? i think that's when it gets ugly yes that okay. is when it gets that's when it gets ugly so before that i think it is beneficial because as a society when you have a certain level of righteousness like we now you know uh you know hundreds of years ago there was a lot of shit that we did that we changed our view and said that is not right and so we now do things differently because as a society supposedly not in all things but in some things we have made improvements because we have said this is not right we should not do that whereas we used to do that so there's social righteousness and then there's your personal righteousness, and a lot of that can be programmed 
negatively. And you from don't. From your parents, from okay. your religion, from any number of things that has righteousness going the bad way where it turns into elitism and judgment and condemnation. And not saying that all condemnation is bad because if you're trying to have a working society, you can't have people raping and killing people and that being right for them. There has to be a point to where you say, look, in the scale of the universe, we're not going to make any judgments. But in the scale of having a society where we all get to share in a quality of life that we all want to have equally, you cannot do these things. So, And um, you don't like your self-righteousness? Is that what you want to discuss comes with to, There comes to a point where if you're honest with yourself and you're spending a lot of time, a lot of time, judging people then that is a clear diagnostic that you are not in love with yourself you are not having a good relationship with yourself because i have never met anyone that is having a self-actualized loving relationship with their self and all day long judging everybody else because you don't have time to do that because you're actually fucking happy you said the two are in- incompatible? I say the two are incompatible. I would say it is a diagnostic. And in my life, I already know I have some self-worth issues and, and resent- inner resentments and things like that. And so a lot of times I buoy myself up on that righteousness so that I can judge. And the, the problem that I'm having is I am mom of Threshold. That is my unofficial title. People now call me mom. Um, the board calls me mom. I am the mom of Threshold. I am the janitor. I'm the facilities manager. I handle the rentals. They come to me because I've been here so long. I know how all the things work. I know the rules. I know this. And I am constantly, every day of my life, I have to be righteous. You can't put your feet there. You can't leave condoms there. You can't do this. You have to clean this. This is not, this is going to break something. You are now breaking something. Everything, it because if you don't, the place turns to shit. You have to have people there, just like we have DMs and we have people that are there to enforce whatever our level of threshold righteousness is, where we say these are the rules that we have to keep this club going as a nonprofit. You just said earlier that when we as a society, and in this case when we as a club, deem these rules necessary in order to keep us going, that that's not self-righteousness. That is not. But okay. what I'm saying is... My job is to be righteous. So in some ways, obviously for the benefit of the club, that righteousness is valid because it stops people. I have to confront people all the time. You can't do this. Renters can't do this. You can't do this. You're, you're not thinking about us. You're thinking about yourself. Let's work together. Find the middle ground. I'm doing that constantly. But because of my self-worth... And because of my already overwhelming negative Christian former programming of righteousness to where righteousness means if you do not do what I do, not only are you not a good person, you're going to burn for eternity in a lake of fire. And so I get to buoy, my Christians get to buoy themselves up very high over everyone and all religions, most most of the you know dogmatic religions have that kind of righteousness in it. So mixing that righteousness with low self-worth, even though I've worked a lot on it, still there, mixed with some authority is now just a toxic cocktail for me. 
I so, don't know the difference between good righteousness and bad righteousness. Okay. So and the, I turned into a judgmental asshole. The actual asshole. position that you're in at Threshold where you have to get people to follow rules, which is legitimate, feeds that part of you that because it then takes that shit. Right. And you run with it and you become it. I become the mom. Right. And now the part of you that's a judging douchebag and like we all have uh, now has all this fuel and it can and it turns into something ugly that you don't like. Absolutely. Okay. Because I'm angry all the time. And a lot of that I am dealing with things right now. I'm on the phone. I'm the fucking janitor here. I'm on the phone every day with the other tenants because the fucking homeless have come in and they dump their piss and shit in our fucking gutter in front of our front door. There, it's just there. We have no there. There are so many things that I have to deal with. Yeah. Every day, they're now getting sketchy. That it's now getting sketchier and sketchier. I don't feel you know things if we don't do things. That people are going to now not be safe at threshold. And that is a lot of pressure. And so we're doing what we can. We're on the phone with the city. We're finding out what our rights are, which basically are fucking none other than changing the street signs so there's no parking and stuff like that. Um, you know, doing these things, we all ha- we have to be righteous. Because if not, there are people out there that will take complete advantage of and know they are harming you. They know... And they don't care. But and for someone so, like you who's all, who already is vulnerable to that, it's like asking it's an like alcoholic now, yeah. to be in charge of a bar. Yeah. And okay. so there's just so many things that are going on. And that's just one of like a million things that you have to deal with in running a club. So what did she say when you told her this? I mean, you know, I have to change. That comes down to the CBT and cognitive behavioral Whatever I don't know what the fuck it means. Yeah, um, cognitive behavioral therapy. That's what it is. Yeah, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I pay attention. <laughs> She's not listening. Oh, you kill me. <laughs> <laughs> it's okay. She left. She's all. You're very entertaining. <laughs> I miss, I miss, I look forward to seeing you every day uh-uh. that you come in because uh, I'm entertaining. So yeah. So I think for our listeners, like, what's the benefit for the listeners? It's just. At some point, you have to find a balance, and if I can't, if I can't continue to find a balance, then I'm going to have to go, and I don't know where to go, and I don't have anywhere to go. Do you think it's possible to find a balance? I think at this point, I'm really struggling. Yeah, because I have all these other things in my head, and suicide, and you know all this That's stuff. A lot to ask of yourself, Boogie. Yeah, but where do I go? Because you're stuck. I don't have anywhere to go. I have no education. I'm I'm fucking disabled. I have all these problems. I can't even stand in one spot for more than three minutes without my back throbbing. I, I, you know, I I put myself in this position. I am 100% responsible, you know, for as an adult to be here. But I'm at the point where I'm like, what do I do? You know? I, I don't. I, th- and obviously, know. she didn't have any solutions for you. Well, I mean, it really comes down to the only thing you can do is I have to work harder on who I am to lessen my spinning because I don't. I I don't stay in the present as much as I need to, and that's one big problem when you start getting really righteous and judge. You know, I'm looking at this problem is how it is today, but because of my experience and wisdom or whatever, I know that this could very well. 
this could get out of control and this can get out of control and this could be really bad. And so instead of staying in the present going, well, what's happening today? What can I deal with today? What can I do positive today? Can I call the neighbors? Can I build the, you know, our streetwide meeting to where the city is, you know, coming out or, you know, any one of these other things with rentals and the problems we've had with rentals and, you know, are there, can I do things today? And when I focus on that, I actually get through the day, but I have to confront this righteousness while having, I get, I get paid to be righteous. Right. So that's, so it's a daily battle. So it is. Yeah. So that's a, so this, is this cognitive behavioral therapy actually helping? Well, I mean, I've been doing it a few months now. Uh-huh. And uh, and I definitely, like, I, I don't think I've heard too many, like, new wild concepts that made me go, oh, that's fucking it. Um, but I have let go of a lot of those concepts. And to have it brought to me and maybe from different angles and some different points of view and some new terms because uh, I do like terms. I don't like titles, but I like knowing what's going on with my brain. Like, because if you tell me, hey, it's not angels and demons in your head, it's your medulla oblongata is, is butt fucking your amygdala and, and, and some shit's happening. You know, that I can deal with because that's just, that's just what's happening in the brain. There's, it's not some mysterious thing that's out to get me. It's just parts of my brain trying to work with each other, and maybe one is pushing a little harder than it should, and so you got to kind of reprogram your thoughts and and hmm. interpretations. So I really like that. So I think that's been super beneficial about therapy. I don't deal with wooey therapy, um, right? You know, I I really just want those hard facts because it stops me because I have no problem creating any religion any fantasy any anything i i need more facts so that's kind of how i work ah wow so that's what i'm that's doing a in, daily so that's struggle. Uh, i don't like that no it's it's been uh, pretty bad and and Shit. i apologize profusely to my girlfriends uh, uh on an almost uh, daily basis um you know because it i i do go and it's just at that point to where you see something and oh that smells like piss everywhere oh I'm powerless. I, you know, and then I just get just. What do you mean you're powerless? You know, just, I'm powerless. I, I can't, I can't. There's certain things I can fix and there's certain things I can't. And some of those things that I can't fix, I worry that if it escalates, then it's going to make the experience for everyone unhappy. And I feel that responsibility. But that is literally not part of your job. But what you just some mentioned way, is in, not in some aspects. It's your. You, it may not be an official statement, but that's where righteousness comes in, because you know you've been at threshold for a long time. If it if you don't take that responsibility, who will? It's a volunteer oh, organization. That's there's nobody. A very dangerous. There's thing you nobody. Just said. There, well, it's true. I've seen this, and you've seen this. There's I like have I've seen reached it, out. You reach out, and you say, "Hey, this." And I'm not saying that there's not other options, but what I'm saying is nobody lives here. I live here. I get it. So I'm, I'm here not, seven days I, a week. I'm actually. I don't want you to think that I'm um, questioning your choices. I'm. I've just heard that very argument, and I've made that argument myself too, and gotten myself places I didn't want to be. I've heard it from other people who did not want to step down 
in the past from the sure. board because they assumed no one is going to be there. Oh, no, I know it'll keep going. I know this place will be fine. I mean, Carnival Carnival was, like I said last week, it was a great example of these guys got it. You know, they can yeah. run this. But it doesn't mean I don't feel that personal responsibility. And if I have to walk away and the club blows up the day after I walk away, then it's, it's not. Yeah. But if it did, it, it's not my responsibility. At some point, everyone has to pick up their own pieces. And we got a good board. Um, that's all very aggressive about doing work and showing up and meeting and talking through things and making decisions. So, you know, the volunteers are all doing a great job. Um, but it's just, I live here and it's not just about threshold. It's about, I got my girlfriends here, you know, and I, and they like the love lab and they like having this place with the toys and the fun we get to have and the people we get to play with and this i've built up this amazing disneyland here with the show and all of this stuff and it it doesn't look like i'm going to be if i have to go because i can't psychologically handle it i'm not going to be going up kathy i'm going to be going down right. which means how i'm going to you know what type of job can i get what type of i'm going to get a smaller place so there's a lot at stake. Um, so here. there's a lot at stake. It's this amazing one. I mean, I know for some people it sounds stupid, but this is the biggest place I've ever had in my life. This 300 foot box that that we call the Love Lab is w- with my studios and the toys and and our ability to be creative and fuck and and explore kink. And I mean, this is the greatest place I've ever lived in my life. And to feel very threatened that if I can't pull it together. That I have to go because I'm either going to kill myself or, you know, I, I if if you're getting into that position, maybe you got to go and you got to figure out another game plan. Right. So but there's so much. And I've done that before. I've been like, I got to take off because I used to run all the time. And then you're like, oh, I can I can just run. Well, you just run laterally because you're still fucking there. So the problem hasn't changed. You've now just run, and now all of a sudden you get another place, and now dogs are barking, and you want to kill your neighbors seven days a week. So you can't just run. you got to stand up and, and take a better inventory of what you're mm. going to do with your life before you make major decisions. Oi. So, so, so patreon.com forward slash perverted podcast. <laughs> or if you have a company and a big warehouse in the Los Angeles area and you need a janitor, but there's not like a lot of fucked up homeless people around <laughs> and uh, that make, I don't, oh, I don't even want to get into it. Yeah, okay. please don't. God damn it. The media just portrays everyone is like this down on your luck. They only show the families that are down on their luck, which do need help and we need to find places. Yeah, yes. But they don't show the fucked up ones. Yeah. We get to see those. They, they come here. Yeah, they come here. Yeah. Oh, Jesus Christ. All Oy. right. So that's my judgment and righteousness and whatever fucking. Uh, wow. What are we doing? The pajama erotica. Is it? Oh, my God. Is it really that time? It is. Is it really that time? It is. We got two of them. Which one did you want? You want that one? Sure. You don't care? I don't like the slower one. They're both the... S- no, they're not. That one's slower. That one's slower. And that's the circusy one. It's circusy. Oh, that's why you called it circus something. Yeah, I did. By the way, ladies and gentlemen, <laughs> for Pajama Rotica, we have brought back... Look at... Check out Mew. She's bouncing right now. <laughs> hey, yo, yeah, yeah. We have brought back annoyingly bad rap, goddammit. You have asked for it. Mew has been waiting for this. Have you been waiting for this? Mew. 
That's right. <laughs> so what's the topic of this annoyingly bad rap that we picked? Sex in random places. Random places. We've done sex in public, I think. This is I, sex in random. Look, nobody cares. They've already turned off wow. the show. <laughs> what, halfway through the cognitive behavioral therapy? Yeah, they're, they're just like, this guy's just... Don't get attached to Boogie. <laughs> Are you going to do a rap, Kathy? I'll do a rap. All right. And now just remember, if you fuck it up really, really bad, uh-huh. I'm going to edit it. Why? And we'll do it again. But I don't you care. call it annoyingly bad rap. It doesn't mean it has to be annoyingly awful rap. Oh, my God. I don't understand you. How long? How lo- this is on a loop? Yeah, it's on oh, a loop. Oh, okay. We can keep talking then. All right. <laughs> Wait, I can do it again. Wait, I don't even know which one this is. There. Now it's another four minutes, Kathy. We can just bullshit over bullshit, this. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. Bullshit, bullshit, bullshit. But this is it. Our listeners, our perverted podcast listeners, send in an idea of something they want us to rap about. Oh, that's a And then we rap about That's what we, how we used to do it. Oh, it is? Yeah, they'd send remember. us an idea of what they want us to rap about, and you and, and I will just kick down some tasty fucking rhymes. Tasty rhymes. Yeah, you want to start? Sure. You want me to go Bring first? Bring it. Oh, God. Bring it. This is much slower than you've done before. Thank you. Normally, I was going really fast. Okay. All right, let's do it. Sex in random places. Here we go. Just feel it. Just feel it, baby. I have to feel it first? Yeah. When can I start? At any time. All right. Just just fucking kick it. The most that I can boast as a sexual superstar are the awkward teenage fumblings in the backseat of a car. Random is my enemy, certainty my friend. So when it comes to sex, on that I do depend. Although I did once, while sitting at my desk, do something really naughty that was quite a risk. So glad I was alone, or I would have gotten canned. If anyone had caught me, allow me to expand. I was getting super horny, don't really know why. I wasn't watching porn, just watched the clock tick by. But it hit me super hard, like a tidal wave of sex. The kind that only stops with a massive climax. My face was getting fleshed, I was breathing kind of fast. Could only think of fucking, how much longer will this last? The images and scenes were swirling in my head. Would have loved to be with anyone fucking in my bed. Stop, I told myself, or kiss your job goodbye. What if someone sees you, your boss, a passerby? But suddenly I had to, couldn't stop it if I tried. Reached into my pants and oh, what bliss I sighed. And with complete abandon and rapture did I sit out to meet that satisfy, this urge I couldn't hide. And as I reached the end to my job, I did decry. You'll never stop me coming. So long, bitches. Banzai. I love it. That was fabulous, darling. (laughs) So cute. Uh, That's our show. No. (laughs) You go. All right, fuck it. In between your thighs, under bright blue skies, in the parking lot of fries, no one can deny I'm a baller. 
Don't care if they hear you holler I see some old man watching bout to charge his old dass a dollar The way to get caught, deny, deny, deny If the cop ask if we fucking, then you motherfucking lie On a train, on a plane, on a box, with a fox My cock is always ready, eating bagels and lox We always fucking searching, do it in a church Then dip my dick in holy water, cause you ain't a virgin Ironic, supersonic, no need for booze and chronic On the floor, outer space, I fuck your pussy or your face Leave the scene without a trace, I'm always gonna instigate Doing sex in random place is Places <laughs> Places Don't edit that shit out, man Places, I, I didn't really work <laughs> I didn't really work on the end of that. I love really, that. Really into that. <laughs> and that is our show. Thank you, Threshold, for providing this perverted playground for us to record in. If you're in the Los Angeles or surrounding area, visit Threshold.org. Find out about joining their kinky family. Thank you to all of us for being in a love lab tonight. To me, mew, 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 to Boogie and myself. Thank you guys for listening. If you have questions, comments, or ideas, either email us at pervertedpodcast at gmail.com. I don't know why I keep saying because nobody does. Please call 424-226-2037. And don't forget to visit pervertedpodcast.com. Don't listen to Boogie. Stop! John and Look at I love you. Oh, God, Ned, don't burp talk. That's disgusting. If you know what that's a reference from, then you are old and decrepit like me. 424-226-2037. That is the Pajama Ronica show. That's it, man. Can't believe people keep turning on. I don't know why. We have more pee-pee zams and more More pee-pee zombies. More zits and zams than anyone. It is great. We're so glad you're here, and thank you for enjoying our dysfunction. This song, okay, this is it, Kathy. Is this it? This is the hit. All right. This song that I worked on this week that I made, my EDM song, this is it. This is balls, man. Straight balls. What's it called? I'm a baller. Well, it's it's very, it's, it's, <laughs> it doesn't it's, have a name? It's, nah, it's called schizo- Schizophrenia. I <laughs> uh, Oh, my God. So uh, we will see you next week for show 166. There's no one to woo. <laughs> No. Ah, Mew. 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 I love that look on her face. Mew takes cues. Just the worst cues. Every time I point. Mew. Mew. Remind me to choke you later. Oh, she'll We will see you guys next week. It's been a lot of fun. Woo.
like fucking crazy. Fucking crazy. 